Welcome to From the Bleachers, the only podcast that recognizes that Real Housewives is a sport. Today we are analyzing the plays made in the finale episode of season 13 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I am Sandra. I am Mandy. And this was a tearjerker. This episode made me very sad inside and it weighed me down and I was very worried all night long. No, um, it did make me sad. And later after we have discussed the play in this episode and done our game analysis, I would like to discuss with you, I would like to compare and contrast. I hope you prepared your three paragraph essay, five paragraph <laughs> essay. Um, R-H-O-S-L-C season finale versus R-H-O-B-H season finale. Oh, they're very different. Very different. And I'm not sure which is better TV. Uh, It's sort of an apple and Mm. orange kind of situation. I don't know. Sounds good. We'll save, we'll save it for the end. (laughs) So first we get a previously shown, but it's covers the entire season of what we've seen so far. And we see that hmm, not much actually has happened. (laughs) Erica gets a residency at Las Vegas. And I was like, was this in her contract that they had to announce this over and over again? Because the number of times that they show this little scene of her getting her residency in Las Vegas, like it seems like they had to mention it in every episode. I had sort of a different reaction to this moment. I was like, oh, did they air that in the original (laughs) season? (laughs) Because I didn't remember it at all. So I get on the producers (laughs) and the editors for showing us stuff we've seen over and over again. And I think that holds episode. Within the episode. Within the, you know, episode. But maybe outside the episode, I should bite my tongue. (laughs) Then Erica brings up Denise Richards' daughter's OnlyFans account. Which was really the biggest pot-stirring play of the season, probably. But it didn't go very far because Denise Richards is not an actual player on the season. No, she... I just don't know what's happened to that woman. (laughs) The women uh, went to Spain and Sutton let go of her three men in her life that have left her in the releasing ceremony where everyone shared their PTCs. Anna Marie is after Sutton about her esophageal issues, which was her only storyline all season. Crystal claims that Anna Marie told her she was a doctor and not a nurse. Oh, I guess Anna Marie had this one too. And Crystal resets the e-web by calling Anna Marie a bitch. Dorit and PK are struggling in their marriage. Sutton is accusing Kyle of having something going on in her marriage. Kyle has a weird friendship with Morgan Wade. And then Kyle and Mauricio share an awkward kiss. And Kyle is telling Mauricio that she wants to be in a place that she is feeling happy and fulfilled. And that takes us up to present moment. And then we dive in and we are at SoFi Stadium getting ready for Kyle's annual white party, which is a kind of a fixture in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think it happens a lot towards the end of the season and they kind of make it the season closer where they have, you know, the finale. Yeah, where that's like it ends with that party and you've got everyone's little here's where they are now kind of things. Being new to Beverly Hills, being new to reality TV, really, um, but especially to Beverly Hills, I had to go and look up the white party um, Mm. and see exactly, because there is actually an international white party that's Um, different. I had kind of forgotten about it and then remembered because they didn't do it for the, I think they maybe for COVID, they haven't done it in a while or something. 
now it's um it's evolved over the years and now it's being held in this huge stadium it's very impressive who plays at the sofi stadium i was like who's the is there a southern california football team <laughs> I, was like, I was like i know the dodgers i know the lakers oh, is there a football team there are several so la football teams let's just look at that it used to be the charger oh it is it's still the chargers and the Rams. Yeah. Um, wow so. i could not have come up with that myself okay so yeah and they hosted the super bowl in 2022 which must be when kyle did her spot oh yeah okay well you know, those sports not as important to me as this sport. That's why my knowledge does not extend very far. Erica meets Kyle in the parking lot, which is where Mo thought that they were going to have the party. And Erica is wearing a fabulous purple and black tracksuit with neon yellow geomet- like geometrical design down the leg and matching yellow pumps. Those yellow pumps almost got her some uh, a nod from me. This was my fashion play <laughs> of the game. Very nice. This was this was great. I I know when I saw those yellow heels, I was like, mm, she's in the running. <laughs> she's in the running. I would never wear pumps with a tracksuit, but uh, I mean, I never wear pumps in general. But it was amazing. I loved it. Uh, Bleacher Nation, let's rewind a little bit. These are not pumps. Pumps are like a conservative two inch heel with, and they're thick. These are stilettos. These are. Super narrow, spiky heels that aren't really conducive for walking on a football field because they just, they're like the things with the grass where you aerate your lawn. That's all you're going <laughs> to be punching holes. <laughs> I mean, isn't pump just like the style, but then you can have different types of heels on it. Wouldn't it be like a pump stiletto? I don't know. I just have a... I'll default to you. I mean, you know more about shoes than I do, so. A little bit, but it, this could just be um, an inference, right? Like the, it, it could, it, it makes me think of a granny shoe or a very conservative safe mm. shoe to wear is a pump. Like you go gotcha. on a job interview at a law firm, you wear a pump. I see. Kyle ITMs the importance of the white party and then it's very nostalgic for her and her family. And we get some shots of their white party over the years. And then they meet up with Kevin Lee, luxury celebrity event planner, who is a repeat bystander. Probably, maybe, I don't know, it's hard because there's a lot of great repeat bystanders in the various franchises, but he might be my favorite bystander of all times. Of all times. I really liked him. I really liked him. And I did not actually, there's so many bystanders that I didn't, I forgot to go back and see if I had a favorite, Um, (laughs) but I really, I really liked him. Well, I was really sad, but I did not to not give Kevin Lee my bystander of the week. Um, I wanted to just because of his legacy in the game. But in this game, I feel like there wasn't uh, there was someone else who I had. I had a more compelling reason to give it to them. But he was originally introduced into the franchise by Lisa Vanderpump and the overtop parties he used to throw for her. But now Kyle has brought him back um, and I love her for it. He's an icon. He's wonderful. And his clothing was almost a, a fashion play for me as well. I mean, it was fashion play for sure. The red blazer mm-hmm. over a t-shirt with jeans. He had some style going on. He didn't win, but he had some style. They are all overlooking SoFi Stadium together. And Kyle says, now we just need to fill up the stadium with all our friends. And Erica says she doesn't have that many friends. She couldn't even fill up this row. A little PTC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little uh, yeah, self-deprecating PTC. They head down to the field and Kyle and Kevin run through the tunnel entrance to the field as though they are the players about to take the field for the Super Bowl. And I thought, oh, wait, 
they are the players about to take the field uh, for the finale episode. It's a sport. The sport. We get some fo- some promo shots of the stadium, and I thought clearly Kyle is not paying for this venue. <laughs> Sounds like she's tapped into this network because of that direct TV commercial she did that was filmed in the stadium. They give us a little flashback to that. Erica ITMs. She can't believe Kyle is having the party at SoFi Stadium. And then I thought, I thought here, how many times did SoFi put in their contract that the stadium has to be said by name? <laughs> we saw SoFi a lot. We saw SoFi <laughs> written everywhere, you know, in the Chirons, um, yes. just in their banners that are on. Oh, it was everywhere, everywhere. SoFi Stadium. That That's a great, that was a great trade. I'm sure it costs them not too much of her budget. Yes, zero, probably. Um, and she says she also can't believe that Kyle asked her to perform. She says this is the warm-up for her Vegas residency. She says Erica Jane is back and she's at SoFi Stadium. So take that. Kyle asks Kevin if he can display White Party 2023. And he says, of course, we'll put Kyle 2023. And she says, not my name. <laughs> and then she ITMs that she found Kevin through Lisa Vanderpump and she's doing it. And if she's doing an over-the-top party, she needs an over-the-top party planner. And Kevin tells Kyle that when Kyle walks out to the party, the cheerleaders will be on the field cheering her on. Kyle takes a dig at Lisa Vanderpump and and says, this is sounding very Lisa Vanderpump. And then she does her best LVP impression, which I actually thought was really great. I thought it was a fabulous uh, impersonation of LVP. I liked it a lot. <laughs> and they're all kind of laughing, but I noted that Erica was not laughing in this moment. Oh, does Erica not want to poke fun at Lisa Vanderpump? I, I'm i not sure. I'm not sure what the vibe is going on there between them, but I did notice that Erica was kind of like looking over at them. And then she kind of like looked up at the sky when they were all laughing. Like she was not amused. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. So then back across the town to the 9-0, we're at Martin Katz, which is a jeweler. I got to say, I love a jewelry store that has heavy security. It's tucked away in a random building, you know, behind steel doors. That's that's some serious business. Yes. And I wonder if she got if Sutton gets like a big discount because of the promo in the show for this. I don't know. Or if the show is just like, that's the only way we can get people to let us film in their yeah. tiny jewelry yeah. store. I, I feel like... When they're able to have in their inventory literally million dollar rings, nine million dollar rings, excuse me, that uh, they don't need advertising. <laughs> I mean, they've splashed it up there, Martin Katz. So this is a big show me the money scene for Sutton. She's got her daughter Porter with her. She ITMs that she wants to celebrate being a strong, independent woman. And she wants to show Porter that as women, we can do this. And I thought, what, do you buy expensive jewelry? Yes, as women, we can buy <laughs> expensive jewelry and really great dresses. I loved Sutton's dress. Mm. I saw a picture of it on Insta a few days ago without the coat on. I think she kind of has her coat on the whole time she's in there. But it was a front runner for fashion play that just the black and white, like diagonal stripes oh. that are one side going in one direction. And then there's sort of like a point where they diagonally kind of across her waist area go diagonal in the other direction. It was very flattering. It was very bright and eye-catching. Yeah, it was eye-catching and yet still very classy. It was very sudden. I liked it a lot, but not my fashion play. I saw you post that on our Instagram, although yeah. I 
I don't think I had the, my, I, I liked it as much as you did just personal yeah. fashion wise, but that's fine. So now we've got a series of show me the money plays here. We're looking at a diamond tennis bracelet for $455,000 that has springs on it. So you don't need anyone to help you put it on. And Sutton says, there's no one to help her put it on. Trust me. And I couldn't help, but imagine Avi is, you know, how they're, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Avi. He's got, the, we're not really sure what his role is. His next Chiron is going to say like Sutton's personal jewelry putter on her. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, poor Avi. Avi takes, he eats so much shit on the show. Poor guy. <laughs> he seems like such a nice guy. Then we see a 20 carat mint tourmaline ring for 89000 And then the jeweler brings out a pair of earrings that she seems especially interested in. She ITMs that in her previous life, she had to ask permission for every purchase. And now she has the freedom to do whatever she wants. They next look at the $9 million blue diamond ring. And she says her business manager, who is not Avi, by the way, it's Brett. (laughs) He would kill her. So apparently she does still have to ask permission, at least from her business manager. (laughs) She just has to check on how, do we have 9 million liquid for me to spend on jewelry? She still needs to make responsible choices. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I guess she doesn't have to, but I'm glad she has people in her life that guide her in that direction. Exactly. Porter, Sutton's daughter, helps her settle on the $68,000 blue sapphire earrings. And Sutton ITMs that all of her children saw her sink a little after her divorce, and she wants all of them to see her thriving. Next, Porter tries on a pair of $46,000 earrings, and they all say it could be a graduation gift for her next year. And I, like, spit out my coffee. I wasn't drinking coffee, but if I was drinking coffee, I would have spit it out. (laughs) There would have been a spit take. (laughs) like, you're spending how much on our child's graduation gift? Holy moly. Right? That's I used to think getting a car was an excessive uh, graduation (laughs) gift, but boy. Like maybe a MacBook. That's a big splurge. Right. There you go. I like it. She continues to ITM that she doesn't want to be the cliche of a wealthy woman sitting around planning galas in a muumu with bonbons. I thought this was a little bit of shade at Miami, like first season or two. It was it was a lot of that. Well, I'm sure it's a lot of shade at a lot of Beverly Hills housewives mm. who are not on the show. Like just the women out there. I think it takes a lot of work to plan galas. Uh, it actually does. That I would not want to do. I am not into the party <laughs> planning of life. So yeah, I would rather go to work. As she says. <laughs> to Porter, she now has some tear play. She says it was hard when daddy moved. She tells Porter when she got married, she lost her independence. And now she can't believe what she's been able to do. Porter says she's happy that she's happy. Sutton wants Porter to never lose herself or let the hard worker in herself go. And um, she also says then Porter can buy her jewelry. Did Christian uh, Sutton's ex-husband, did he help her set up her business? I don't know if he helped her set it up, but she gets over 300000 in alimony every month. So she has the cash flow for it. <laughs> I'll just say that. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing to think what you could do on $300,000 a month. Right. And she, wow. she talks and she talks about not having a safety net. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like what? I'm sorry. So I thought I like on one hand, I like the scene. There was show me the money. I'm glad she brought her daughter in. We haven't seen any of her kids yet. But there was just something that wasn't quite right about it. 
I didn't have any like main major errors this game, but if I was going to put an error, it'd be here. I felt like was this a show me the money play or was it empowering her daughter and letting us closer to her family because the two didn't mix very well. It was like, are you trying to empower your daughter? Maybe invite her to a business meeting or like, can we actually get to know your guys' relationship a little bit more? It just fell a little flat to me, but. Yeah, I agree. I've been a big fan of Sutton for the last few episodes. This is not an episode where I think her play was really strong. And this was not a particular play that spoke to me either. Like, I agree. Like, I wanted to really love it. And I wanted to love the, you know, her speeches and all of that. But it just, I don't know. felt yeah. a little staged. Yeah. I mean, I felt a little bit like, okay, I'm giving an error to her, but at least she got screen time. We didn't get anything from like Garcelle, Anna Marie, yeah. Crystal this episode at all. So maybe the yeah. error is to the three of them for not getting screen time at all. But then, oh, and then we, uh, that's it. We had them that's hit the commercial. There's a little, a little teaser with Dorit and PK. Um, but before we get to talk about Dorit and PK, we go back to SoFi Stadium and there's a we see a big dance floor. We see sort of what they've set up there, the big dance floor that has the word Kyle on it. So Kevin is still not getting the message that <laughs> Kyle does not want a Lisa Vanderpump style party. Yes. And there was this was totally like drone shot of yes. like the stadium and the thing. So I I was wondering if like SoFi Stadium was involved in the shooting of this at, like at all like that that beginning shots of the party anyway. Right. Yeah. Whether it's Bravo's uh, drones or whether SoFi employs their own drones. I know they used to for football have cameras on cables that would slide back yes. and forth on, all on top of the pre-drone. Pre-drone. So Kyle and her daughters, her little posse, basically they arrive in sweats. I take this moment to say, is the white party itself the play of the game? But I decide, no, no, it's not. But it is a big show me the money play because we yes. learned the party budget is $400,000. So we've already said, what will $46,000 buy? What does $400,000 buy? I mean, you can get a <laughs> decent house in pretty much anywhere in the world for that. You can buy several cars or a piece of jewelry for something. So it can buy a lot of things. <laughs> it can buy a party at SoFi Stadium. Stadium. It can also buy a big old party at SoFi Stadium. The stage setup we learned cost fifty thousand. The palm trees were fourteen thousand each, and they're actual palm trees that have just been painted white. I loved those. The editors or producers then have a uh, a good play here where the giant Kyle on the floor that Kyle hates costs four hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> parentheses plus her integrity close parentheses. <laughs> so that's good. Um, and a little more poking fun at Lisa Vanderpump as we look at the setup. Um, now we sort of do a little quick cutting between some of our housewives. We go to Anna Marie's and she and Marcus are talking about what they're going to wear. And then Erica is talking with Glam. Um, not Erica, sorry. Garcelle was talking with Glam and about somebody who is giving Erica shade for lip syncing. Denise. It was Denise, Denise. Richards. And okay, I wasn't sure who she, who Garcelle said, mm -hmm. and then we definitely see later Denise giving mm -hmm. shit about her lip syncing. So. And the face reaction that Garcelle has in this moment, like a round-mouthed, oh, no, she didn't face play was my face play, face of, play the game. of the game. I like it. Oh, no, she didn't. But she did uh, twice <laughs> that we saw. We kind of need her. We kind of need her to come back. Like she's what she gets. She gets messy, you know? 
That's good. Denise is super messy. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what she was like her years actually on the show consistently, but man, that woman just seems like she's on drugs 24 seven. Yeah. I mean, she was only in like what, two seasons. I'm looking back now. Cause I have my whole spreadsheet now. She was in two seasons. She didn't even get a, she didn't get a hot seat. So her RSS, which we'll talk about the RSS scores later, um, is low, but. All right, we go to Rob and Crystal's and we've got some uh, first world problems on what happened with the dry cleaning assistant picking up his white coat. And then we go to Dorit on a little FaceTime call with PK. We learn he's been gone for 25 days. Dorit talks about how that would have been a problem eight months ago. We get a little rehash of her PTSD PTC. And just for those who are tuning in for the first time, PTC is a personal tragedy card. PTSD, PTC. That's, I know it's a lot. Maybe overboard on the acronyms. A PTSD, PTC with an IFI in the, uh, <laughs> in the RPG. I don't know. In the Nino. Okay. So she says she likes to have him around, but not all the time. So she gets a little dig at him and then he makes a quip about not being able to get a word in edgewise and she gets annoyed. So then Dorit spills her injury, fear, or illness, her IFI, that she worries they may not be able to stay together. And this was my error of the game. So congrats for getting a little bit of screen time, but I'm tired of this narrative. I'm tired of this constant Dorit PK. Like she's got nothing else going on other than it just feels a little manufactured drama. Mm. I think the the main error, though, is that she's being petty and then spilling that IFI immediately after. And that, that may be the editors that may not be on her back, but still, it's just very disjointed. I've got no sympathy for her. And it also, given what we know about this episode, feels like jumping on the, oh, my marriage is in trouble bandwagon, <laughs> which is a horrible thing to say. Uh, my marriage is in worse trouble than your marriage, which she definitely doesn't win. She loses the. She's going to lose that game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Like no. just, it's just, they're just, we just see them bickering with the same fight over and over again. Yeah. And I really need to talk about this again. I brought this up several episodes ago or like maybe back in Salt Lake City. I do not understand how they are getting these Zoom conversations <laughs> in one shot. <laughs> like it's impossible. Okay. I took pictures. Okay. So, so we've got one camera angle here. This is on, we see, did we see Dorit's face, uh -huh. we see her phone. And we see she's got a mirror behind her too. And uh -huh. then like a bit of wall or something. And so we can uh -huh. see behind her, right? Right. But not that far behind her with a zoom lens. But with the angle, right? Okay. Um, we also see this other angle from the side, okay. looking at her, uh -huh. she's looking at her phone. She's holding her phone. And then... They cut to from over her shoulder, right? At PK on the phone. That's impossible. If you look at the previous shots, they wouldn't be able to catch her that in the same shot. Like, where is this camera hiding that is taking this shot of the front of the screen? It could be very far up in a corner. Like, I, you could basically take all those photos of me and then you could put up in my back corner up here, you could put a camera and that camera could zoom in in a way to look like it's right over my shoulder. But there's a wall behind her. She's there's she's her back is to a wall. I don't know. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Leah, if you are listening, we need you to, she, so a friend of mine down in LA who works on commercials, 
She said that's something that they do all the time. So we need to get her on as a guest. It just seems like it'd be harder (laughs) when you're working with people who like it's reality TV and it's not scripted. I mean, fully scripted anyway. (laughs) And like, but to set that up and have that go smoothly and not accidentally capture some cameras or have the person do the wrong thing. And like, I don't know. It feels like they must, I feel like they must have them do the conversation twice. And so when we have our first housewife guest on, I'm going to ask them how they film Zoom scenes. All right. Now, moving on from that recording, filming, query, (laughs) drama, (laughs) we go back to SoFi. Mauricio arrives. We get lots of prep shots of everything, all the food, the blah, 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 the this, that, whatever. Then he is looking for his wife. He can't find her. He's already undressed in his white. So again, a lot of scenes of the party prep, Mauricio and the cheerleaders. Mo is amazed at how great everything looks. It's just benign, suave Mo. And there's Kyle. She's in glam. How should they do her hair? So they're just working on that. Erica also, how should she do her hair? And she gives her hairstylist free reign. Then we've got arrivals. We've got Crystal and Rob, and you've got these showgirls in the tunnel who have fans. They look like Vegas showgirls with their big feather fans that they raise up as they walk through the tunnel. And they're on a red carpet, which ends in the dress of a woman on a pedestal. (laughs) Could this be my fashion play of the game? It could have been, but it's not. It's still not. And I'm also very concerned, and I hope she didn't hydrate too much before starting this job. (laughs) You don't think she's allowed to have bathroom breaks? Hell no. She's got to be there for all the entrances. I mean, (laughs) honestly, like if everybody enters on time, we're not talking too long, but you know, I'm just saying. Sutton shows up. Garcelle shows up. She's got an ITM about go big or go home. And then I guess Kyle gets a TFP, even though Erica's not there, because I don't think it counts if Erica, oh, Sandra is shaking her head. No, it does not count. Even if you are like a performer who can't come on and tell your thing, that's not a TFP. I think that gives you the TFP, like just because Uh, you are the center of the attention all of a sudden at this party that is Kyle's. Sure. But I mean, we have this whole Sutton ITM about like, excuse me. Kyle's making an entrance. Where's Mo? Where's Mo? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's a an ATFP or a PTFP, a penultimate tardy for the party. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, then we've got Mo eating meatballs and a producer's like, hey, hey, your wife's here. And he's like, okay, I'm eating fast. Um, <laughs> he goes, see his beautiful wife arriving in her very beautiful Stevie Nicks-esque now I'm losing the word, the, the fringe, like all yeah. that crazy fringe on her shoulders and down low. And it's a dress. I hated it. Quite a dress. It's not my really. fashion. It's still not my fashion. play. I mean, I could see giving a fashion play of the game because if you need to brush your dress mid party, that's, that's quite the fashion commitment, but I hated the dress. I hated it. Um, I wanted to mention the other honorary attendees. We had Faye Resnick who was yeah. a friend on a previous season and has been a guest several times. We had Cynthia, ba- Cynthia Bailey, who is from Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, but who now I believe resides in Southern California. And we had Camille Grammer. She's not here yet, but she comes later. And Faye, Faye was also at the dinner party from hell in season <laughs> one, where the mean psychic said that Mo will never fulfill her emotion. <laughs> yes. So sad. So we cut to commercial. We come back. Kyle and daughters are making their entrance. 
uh, which is not as grand as uh, Kevin made it out that it was going to be. Yeah. Mo is getting food. The producer's trying to guide him over there to greet him. He gets there. He tries to twirl Kyle. It's a little awkward, but it's okay. We see some mingling and party antics. During all of this, what we see are women who are wearing leotards with little glass mirrored pieces on them like disco balls. Oh, they yeah. have giant disco ball heads. That was And that cool. was amazing. <laughs> I love it. I have an all caps dancing disco balls. Amazing. <laughs> And they win my fashion play fashion of the play game. Of the <laughs> if we ever have like the one big party that quote unquote party that I go to in Bend is literally our, our kids' school auction. <laughs> so if right? we ever have an 80s theme, I'm finding that costume. Awesome. We'll see if we can get it from them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call Kevin Lee. Ooh, Kevin Lee throwing a throwing our school auction. That'd be great. That would definitely blow the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle is now talking with Cynthia Bailey and Jeff Lewis, who is a podcaster. His podcast, I looked it up. It's called Jeff Lewis. Jeff Lewis has issues. And he has an issue right now with Kyle. Kyle comes over to him and says, fuck you, Jeff Lewis, and your damn fucking podcast talking shit about me. And they pop a headline on the screen that says, Jeff Lewis. I can't, why can't I say his last name? I keep wanting to say Jeff Lewis. Jeff Lewis thinks Kyle Richards was taking a Zempic. Kyle says she's very fit and has never taken a diet drug. And he says he fixed it that morning. And she says, okay, I love you. (laughs) uh... Very short-lived drama. Yes. The other players are now greeting one another. Denise Richards arrives with a pink jacket to the white party. There is um, some reference, too, about her, Dorit references the previous Denise episode where she was wearing that very fluffy pink sweater upside down as she was leaving. And that's where I um, decided that Denise Richards was wearing a thneed, like from the Lorax. Everybody needs a thneed. (laughs) Everybody needs a thneed. Um, Dorit is with Crystal and her husband. They ask where PK is. He's in London. And the number of times that she tells people this and they put it in the show. Yeah, we know where where he is. Right, right. We get it. Over and over again, we have to hear her saying that to different people. So Denise Richards greets them. Dorit tells Denise she looks like a beautiful little cheerleader. And Dorit then Dorit says, is pink allowed? And then this is where she ITMs about the last time she told <laughs> Denise that her jacket was upside down. It did not go well. And we get that wild flashback to the classic paranoid drunk Denise Richards play style. Is that her play style? <laughs> That's what I've decided her play style is. <laughs> classic paranoid like drunk play style. Kyle is reminiscing old white parties with her family, remembering how they had to paint the background for the photo booth themselves one year because they were on a budget, and how one year they even had to cook for themselves. Sutton shows her new earrings, and Garcelle asks if those earrings are worth the same as the kitchen in her beach house. And Sutton says, yeah, so some more show me the money here. Sutton updates Garcelle that Steve, who she went on a date with, had ghosted her for a bit, although it sounds like he, it was just two days. Yeah, she she makes it sound like it was like a hardcore ghosting. And I'm, yeah, was like, was it in the middle of a conversation? Like he never responded to her or was it like their conversation right. petered out and then it took him two days to start a new conversation? Like, I want to see the, I need the details. You want receipts. We want receipts. <laughs> yeah. Error, receipts. 
Yeah. And then, um, so he finally responded back and she decided that's not good enough for her. Garcelle says there's other Steves in the fish or fish in the sea and fuck Steve. We're good. She's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's drunk, but it was a good STCO um, or women empowerment play here. Yes, I agree. Sutton ITMs that she credits getting to a second date to her matchmaker, Alessandra. She says she's more confident in dating, but she's realized dating isn't as, po- as important to her as she thought. What she really wants to date right now is her business. And I'm just left feeling like the entire dating storyline was false. It feels very manufactured. Like she probably didn't even want to date in the first place, but the producers were like, you need a storyline. We need you to do something. And so she went on this right. date, but she really wasn't that invested. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It's just not enough for her to like, she couldn't actually focus on her business. There's not enough storyline there, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Kyle and Mo have um, exchanged some awkward how are you's. Mo thought the white party was going to be in the parking lot at SoFi. We found out, we find out and Kyle ITMs this shows that he's not listening. Denise asks the ladies what Erica is going to be performing tonight. And they say some of Cher's biggest hits. This is a joke because she performs her own songs unless or she, she only she performed. We only see her perform one song. So I was like, maybe she performs more songs. Are they making a joke? I don't get it. I think they're making a joke. Okay. I think <laughs> I they're making it. a joke. I didn't get it in the moment. <laughs> it went over my head. I wanted to say that the producers for Kyle's Mo is not listening to me. They did bring some good receipts on that because they show the conversation mm. where Kyle is talking to him about the white party as they're having dinner or, or putting something together in the kitchen. And he's like, oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. You know, yeah. did not remember the detail. Yeah. I mean, I guess in that conversation, it's not like she specifically says it's going to be on the football field. No, she doesn't. So I guess as lawyer for Mo, you have a good, <laughs> a good point. But he didn't ask more detail. He didn't seem interested enough to be like, oh, really? The SoFi Stadium? Where? Like, you guys really are in it? Or is it like outside of it? You know, like he doesn't, he wasn't interested at least enough to ask questions and retain Well, he's got his own reality TV show to film. Mm-hmm. No, he's got stuff going on. Backstage, Erica's team circles up and holds hands. She has not done a show like this in four years. And Mikey, her creative director, who we've seen for years and years now with her on the show, he is trying to deliver a speech and he gets choked up and Erica has to take over. And so him producing tears on behalf of Erica made him my bystander, bystander of, the, of week. the week. Oh, congratulations, Mikey. I love it. I thought that love was a really it. sweet moment. That is sweet. He's so proud of her for getting back and he's seen her go through everything. So love it was it. lovely. So Erica gives her a little speech. She thanks her team. She ITMs that she hates what these last few years have done to her. There were a lot of times she quit. She quit caring about how she looked, what she ate, what people thought about her. So how could she perform? And then she tells her team the only thing that makes her happy is performing on stage. So thank you all for being here. Let's have a great show. She ITMs that had she not gone through everything she's gone through, she wouldn't have gotten to SoFi and in and also into Vegas. And she truly believes... She truly believes that. I was really emotional through this. I thought it was, it's was. it been really nice watching her growth and comeback journey. Not having seen, I'm, I'm super curious to go back and see her with Tom and to see mm. a little bit of the lawyer up play and what happened with that. But yeah, I, I'm, I, she makes me want to learn more about her, how well her story is coming together and how how great it is to see this narrative of somebody who really kind of felt like the rug was pulled out from under them and is now 
getting her shit back together. It's really nice. Back out to the stadium, Kyle gets up on stage and she welcomes everyone. She notices Camille in the audience in this moment. She says, hi, Camille. We haven't said hi yet. And then Sutton, who's standing right next to Camille, I guess thought she was talking about her. And she says, I said, hi, it's a very (laughs) weird moment. I'm not sure why they felt like they needed to put that in the document, but they did. Kyle introduces Erica, who makes her way to the stage in a white hooded outfit. And in this moment, I thought this is totally her audition to the traitors. And also I gave her my TFP for being the last one to, um, you know, arrive to the party in a very big way. She did arrive in a very big way. And I thought she looked like a prize fighter coming to the ring. And that was probably (laughs) because I knew this was, you know, I was assuming this is some of her Vegas outfit. Mm. So yeah, that was the vibe I got, but I really loved the traders tie in. I thought that was fabulous. (laughs) We cut to commercial. We get a little rewind of Kyle's intro. We get a little super nasty comment out of Denise again about the Erica lip syncing. And then we see Erica's performance of her song, It's Expensive to Be Me. I don't know if that's what it's titled, but that's sort of what it sounds like it should be titled. Denise, when she said Erica's lip syncing, she calls herself a bitch. Yes, she does. <laughs> so my, my first thought was, is this... Did they reset the EWIB? If you call yourself a bitch, does that count? But since she's not a player, I thought maybe it doesn't matter. I don't think it counts. I don't think it counts uh, as well because I think she is, it's more like self-deprecating. Still. It's putting but, yeah. Down women. But, I mean, yeah. I, don't know. I would say if a full house player had done it, I would count it as resetting the EWIB. All right. All right. There was a little bit of laughter involved and that's i don't know if, if there's a little bit of like laughter and joking involved is it really reset the e-wib i don't know uh, well at least we don't have to make the decision because she's not a player exactly not this episode anyway <laughs> oh, this man season. i can't imagine they would bring her back i don't know that she would be capable of doing that anyway <laughs> so yeah so we've got this great performance great dance scenes it is expensive to be erica It is expensive to be her. I just would like to hear more of her music before I were to weigh in on any of this lip syncing business. Um, But I can't imagine doing those dance moves and singing at the same time. Yeah, I don't really knock people for for lip syncing. I mean, like when you see what they're doing up there on stage, like, I mean, I guess Taylor Swift can do it, but whatever. Not everyone's Taylor Swift. No, (laughs) thankful. That'd be a real real, weird world. (laughs) It would be be really weird. (laughs) All right, so then we get a little Dorit ITM. She gave the people what they wanted, and Dorit gives a great callback mm-hmm. to where she uh, started our eWeb this season, mm-hmm. where she says she's a real showman. That made me think of that moment where Erica Jane is like, just called out your marriage because I was being a showman. Yes, and she said, that's not a showman, that's a bitch. But now she said, no, she is a real showman. She's a real showman. It's a nice full circle moment. Exactly. So Kyle, after Erica's done performing, there's some beautiful tear play by Kyle. She's super emotional and supportive and proud of Erica, which is really nice. A lot of puh, puh, puh sounds there, guys. Sorry. Erica's really happy. The music was great. There's this wonderful big wrap-up feel that I'm getting as I'm watching this, but I'm like, there's still 20 more minutes or so of this episode. What's going on? 
We hear that um, Erica's residency was a success and she plans on doing more music and events in 2024. I do want to go read more about her residency in Vegas and how it went. Uh, Dorit, we learn that PK came home after 39 days. We get her IFI that he won't take her seriously. Things won't change. And we also learn that Kyle and Dorit haven't spoken in a really long time. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I felt like their relationship was a bit on shaky ground this season. I felt like Kyle wasn't letting Dorit in to the marriage issues. And they're supposed to be like good friends. So if they're not sharing that with each other, then it wasn't on good. Their relationship wasn't on good standing to begin with. And now maybe something else happened that preempted that, but I feel like it was already shaky. So yeah, it it sounds like I would be, if I were Dorit, uh, I would, I would be hurt to be pushed out in a moment like this. Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder if there's a reason that she was pushed out and not included. You go, you know, you share with the people who you feel safe sharing with, and maybe there's a reason that she didn't feel safe sharing it with Dorit. This is very true. Dorit, uh, I mean, we could, I don't know if we should save this for later, but Dorit uh, looks like she's going to do some interestingly bad moves in the reunion. So yes, I'm, (laughs) I'm really curious about this reunion at this point from a very analytical standpoint, uh, just because I I really sort of like wondering what has changed. And this is why we've really got to get on Twitter or X or whatever. Because yeah, some something yeah, the fact that Erica is going to be coming after mm. Kyle apparently it's maybe, very confusing. Maybe I have thoughts on that. Let's talk about it when we get to the okay. previews. Yes. So Anna Marie, we learned that she and Crystal haven't spoken since the white party, and that Anna Marie has retired from giving medical advice at parties. <laughs> we learned that Crystal's okay with her brother being in Thailand, and she's admitted that Rob was right. Garcelle has this very nice growth narrative in her where are they now she's meeting people where they're at she's growing as a person and as a mom and she's very also very happy about her win an astra she won an astra award for her movie mm-hmm. black girl missing which is cool yeah and then we cut back to sofi and we see sutton falling down <laughs> and saying she didn't see the stage ending there and then blames avi in a joking question mark way <laughs> It's like, why did you push me? Although I wonder if maybe he did give her a few too many roadies and that's why she fell down. (laughs) Why did you push me to drink until I fell over? (laughs) She says she's afraid when she learned that Christian was moving to England. And now she's very happy to be on her own, focusing on having her son full time. And the other man in her life is Santos. We get this group photo. It's very emotional. It's this wonderful farewell moment. Goodbye for the end of the season. Sweet music that then slows down to a stop. <laughs> we get a title card one month later. And we see little cutscenes of Anna Marie and her daughter and Dorit and Garcelle. And they're all like with their phones reacting to breaking I'm news. sorry. Did you miss something? Yes, I did. Dorit's dogs? I miss Dorit's dog. Did you see those cute little fluff balls in her backyard? No, because it was sort of. I was trying to look up what type of dog she have and I couldn't, but they looked like maybe cockapoos, which you and I both have a cockapoo and they're very and cute. they're very cute. And her sunbathing fluff babies earned my Pampered Pet of the Week of award. award. Oh, yay. We haven't had a Pampered Pet for a while. Since the like pink tufted poodle of uh, Angie, Angie <laughs> on Salt Lake City. <laughs> uh, 
This is much better. I like this one much better. <laughs> I feel like we saw, oh, we're about to see uh, like a golden retriever or something. Oh. Kyle's, but I not as cute one. as little white pup balls. <laughs> no, they weren't white. They were like, I don't know what color. One of them was like brown. And, and so we cut to commercial and we come back and we get a black screen with white writing that says July 23rd, 2023. <laughs> we know because we have we have black screen in finale for SLC too. Like, so, you know, the black screen means shit is going down. <laughs> Something is about to happen. We get it, but we all know on this one what's happening. It was a little more like out of blue. They did a really good job of keeping it under wraps on Salt Lake City. Whereas yes. with Beverly Hills, like this was already all over the news several months previous. So we get a breaking news voiceover. Kyle and Mauricio have separated after 27 years of marriage. We see a bunch of tweets or X's. What do they call them now? I don't know. I would still call it a tweet. They still have the little bird on the thing. Yeah. We see a bunch of tweets on the screen about how upset people are over the split. And then they put one tweet on the front and center of the screen from at Boston Girl saying that they heard through the grapevine that Kyle is seeing another woman. We're at Crystal's house and she reads the headline on her phone to Rob who I decided could be an actor in addition to a director in this moment. <laughs> because for sure, all of them saw this headline already. Right. And they know why the cameras are back a month later in their houses. And they're all having to act shocked again, as if they're just reading it now in this moment for the first time. But he did a right. great job. He was like, what? What does it say? <laughs> Dorit tells PK over FaceTime. And I think I took some more pictures of the FaceTime conversation. <laughs> like, what's more, going on here? more evidence for your document. <laughs> that And um, she tells him that Kyle never gave an indication that they were separating. Anna Marie wonders with her husband, Marcellus, if the People magazine exclusive came from Kyle to get ahead of the rumors. Rob conjectures with Crystal that Morgan leaked the information. And Crystal tells him to stop storyboarding movie plots. I like the everyone's playing Nancy Drew. So this was this was definitely like the Sherlock Holmes Nancy Drew moment. Yeah. Sutton and Garcelle FaceTime with each other. And again, I I took pictures here. I have pictures of Garcelle. It's like there's no way that there could be a camera behind her. There's no way. Sutton thinks that Kyle was lying about this the whole time. And she says, This is sus. And Garcelle seems to agree. Then we get a big one day later and we see a joint statement from Kyle and Mo. I assume this was on their social media and it basically says they've been having a rough year, um, but any claims around divorce are untrue and that there's no wrongdoing on anyone's part. And they have asked to work through their issues privately, which is always whenever anyone puts that, I always just have to laugh. Like really, who's going to respect that? Nobody. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. nobody. Uh can ask for it you are not going to receive it unfortunately yeah now we are at kyle and mauricio's place kyle is in her kitchen alone she's looking at her phone and sighing um it's implied by the producers that she's looking at tweets of what everyone is saying about her because they're popping those up on the screen while she's looking at her phone and then she itms that when the article came out the whole family was together Mar her mauricio the girls and all their phones started blowing up at the same time 
then right after they say this about the phones blowing up, they show Kyle blending a smoothie and reacting shocked when it starts blending <laughs> uh, as though our marriage were contained in this blender and about oh, to burst out. Wonderful analysis. You should teach English. Very nice editing here. She ITMs that Mo was really focused on who gave the story and she is more focused on everyone's emotional reaction to it. She produces tears as she recalls that her daughter Alexia started to cry and they all got in the car and nobody knew what to do or say. And she said it felt like her whole life was over in that moment, or at least her life as she knew it. Erica arrives here, they hug, and she's here to play STCO to Kyle. So this was an interesting, you know, it's Erica coming. It's not Dorit. No, yeah. Erica ITMs that when she went through divorce, she felt so overwhelmed and alone. And it's important to be there for Kyle now because she was always there for her. And if you care about people, you show up for them when they need you the most. Lovely. I like that Uh, moment from Erica. Me too. I I really love it. They sit and right away, Erica plays an apology, which I will play for you now. First off, I want to say one thing. I feel like I kind of almost semi-need to acknowledge slash apologize for the fact that I have not been the most observant of friends because at that dinner table, I literally did not know. But I want you to know that if I have missed something or I have not been the most attentive friend, I am very sorry. All right, what'd you do? What'd you score it? Short and sweet, one for accountability, one for specificity. So I thought it was a good two-pointer. Okay. So, not surprisingly, Bleacher Nation, I have a similar but different take. I thought, (laughs) yes, she took accountability. I thought she was specific, one, not being observant. And I thought she got a half point for acknowledging the impact that she is not being an attentive friend. Her her lack of observation means she's not being an attentive. It seems like she's saying the same thing. I still see that as like, I'm apologizing for not being a, a, an attentive friend, but the input, that's not an impact. Like what's the impact on Kyle to not having an attentive friend? Like I would, you know, like that. Okay. I've removed <laughs> my half point and it is now a two. <laughs> you don't have to, you can stick with it. No, but I, get, I think you're it. right. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was looking at acknowledging the impact a little bit more as like, the impact of her specific behavior in general, not necessarily Mm. the impact on that person. Mm. Kyle says that Erica didn't miss anything. They've been dealing with things privately. Erica Erica asks, what things? Kyle says there's not one specific thing. And Erica echoes and empathizes with this. I thought this is great STCO work here. Mm -hmm. She says all these things that I've been needing, or Kyle says all these things that I've been needing and wanting more from my marriage that I just can't get. She says the article is saying that Mauricio cheated or she cheated, and it's literally nothing to do with anybody else. It's just about Mauricio and her. Kyle says Mauricio is the person that likes to pretend that everything is okay. Erica can identify with this from her former marriage. And Kyle says that they are she and Mauricio are complete opposites and that it worked. If it wasn't for her, he'd be dead because she keeps him safe. And if it wasn't for him, she'd never take chances in life. And they've been together since their early 20s. It's a long, a lot, a lot happens and changes. Oh, yeah. Between like 20s and 40s. For sure. Erica acknowledges that she can still be proud of how long they were together, even if they're having trouble. Kyle is producing tears and says, saying she feels terrible about it. She feels like she's letting everyone down. I thought this was really good IFI, an injury, fear, illness mm. on her part. And I guess it's a little bit of a personal tragedy part as well. 
Yeah. About worrying about the other strangers, letting people there. Erica says there are only two people in this marriage and everyone else's opinion can fuck off. You have to make yourself happy. And Kyle says, and if we can't work it out, and we dear, end dear, soon. Dear. I loved Erica's work in this scene. I just love her coming around and giving Kyle the support that Kyle gave her when she was going through it and that she wanted from everyone when she was going through her issues. And um, I, it just reminded reminds me of um, a friend that I had in the Bay Area who was like exactly who I needed to to tell me like, you can be selfish. Like this relationship is just about you two. Like fuck everyone else. Like, and I think that this, that Erica has the same Myers-Briggs personality type as that friend. I believe oh, nice. is an ESTP. Uh, I just, I think ESTPs are, I, I love them. I admire them because they're so different from myself, but I loved Erica in this moment. I did too. I loved her so much. I loved her work as an, um, as STCO, shoulder to cry on. I loved her apology so much that this, this was my play of the game. Oh, wow. Okay. It was Erica Jane in this moment because it gets her in on the action it allows her to align with the drama that's going on. But more than that, it's just her being a good friend. And I really loved that. Mm -hmm. It's great. And we get a little flash forward to what's going to be happening at the reunion. Dorit is going to call Kyle a punisher. Garcelle will ask Dorit, I think, if she ever says I was wrong. <laughs> the answer is no. And then we cut to commercial. And we come back and we learn it's one week later and we see Kyle and Mauricio in the kitchen and there's just a little bit of, you know, slightly awkward conversation about him having to go to Panama for another office opening. There's an ITM about how uncomfortable things are. Mo makes a joke that he's glad this time it's Kyle having the affair. Kyle jokes back, yeah, for once it's me. And Mauricio makes his little eyebrows lowered, confused frown face. And that was my face play of the game. I liked, I kind of liked it because I was, because it was a good face. I was also like yeah. confused about what, what is he thinking in this moment? Like I needed more from, I needed him to expand upon that face play. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what good face play does, right? It leaves you wanting more. <laughs> yeah. So this was great awkwardness, but, um. Yeah, I think I honestly I can just imagine him being like, really? Really? Like now? <laughs> I think he started it. It's true. This is true. He did. But it seems like he could see that was kind of a dish it but can't take it moment to me. Yeah. <laughs> so Farah, Kyle's daughter, arrives. She's 34. Uh then we get a little show me the money when the, Kyle uses the house phone to call the other girls down. Like they must mm -hmm. have one of those kind of in-home speaker systems. Intercom. Which, yeah. An intercom. Thank you. I couldn't remember the word for that. We had one of those actually in our house in Texas, which um everything's bigger in Texas and cheaper. We we had one of those in we lived in the suburbs of Sacramento and we had a, a nice large house that like we had moved from the Bay Area, California. So we were able to get a nice large house and it literally was a definitely a yellable house. You could definitely yell. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad really liked technology and so he got a little intercom so he wouldn't have to yell to us. He could just like nice. press it. Yeah. Then we get more IFI from Kyle. She feels bad for letting everyone down. The girls come in. They think they're being summoned because they're in trouble. The girls being Alexia, 26, Sophia, 23. And I didn't catch Portia's age. She's like, what, 16? She there. is 15, I believe. 15, okay. Mauricio starts and says, you know, I want to clear up that 
We haven't told you everything because we've been protecting you. And Kyle says we have not talked about divorce. One of the daughters asks, what are you planning on doing? And Kyle says, we want to take this time to have some space while we're working through all this stuff, living under the same roof. And Mauricia says, not necessarily, no. I didn't understand that moment. Yeah, this is the second moment where I was like, I want to hear more from Mauricio. Why are we getting these contradicting things from him to what Kyle's saying, but we don't get to see the elaboration? Yeah. And so Kyle kind of pauses and seems a little thrown off by that. And then she just sort of reiterates that, no, this is the plan. And it's interesting because this is the first time. It doesn't feel entirely like Kyle's choices, maybe, that are putting us in this position. Like I, mm-hmm. I sort of had this moment where I was like, oh, is this a, is this driven a little bit by Mauricio or no? Mm-hmm. Portia basically starts to cry and Mo wants to reach out to mm-hmm. her, but position of Kyle being next to Portia between Mauricio and Portia and edit, it kind of makes it look like Kyle, Kyle won in the <laughs> comforting of the daughter. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. Just like that moment. You have any parent could put themselves yes. in those shoes of like, you know, your your child losing it because of your marriage falling apart. And like that's yeah. just heartbreaking. It was really yes. tough. There's a lot of tear play going on in my house at this moment. Yes. When Portia started Same. crying. I started crying. Same. Kyle says, we're not broken. We're just bent. We're a strong family. We always will be. We get another ITM from Kyle. That's all PTC and IFI rolled together. And it's there's a big chance we're not going to end up together. And she says, things have happened, which have made her lose trust. And she's unable to recover from them. And we don't know what it is. Yeah. And it's very, that makes it sound very different from what she said to Erica, where she said, there's no one else involved. So it's like, what happened that made her lose trust if there was no one else involved? It definitely piques the interest. Well, I, I don't know. I don't think it's cheating. I still think it's the lack of him being present for her. And I really, I really feel like there is that when you are hurt and disappointed enough, you no longer trust that person, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think that's kind of what it is. Just this constant lack of him connecting. I, I feel like that's probably, it's it maybe that, but then again, it may be her and Morgan and it may be him and somebody else. I don't know, but it was just, it was just very interesting wording. If no, if there's no cheating, yeah. it was very interesting wording for her to use. So yeah. I don't know. So it's a very heartstrings edit, all these beautiful emotional scenes that follow. We have just, you know, them on the Paris Lovelock Bridge and just over the years, you know, we've had 12 seasons of this family and there's just lots of love and affection, you know, family growing up together. And it's just, it's, it's just made to, to, so we all feel the burden of this law. Mm-hmm. Making so- my throat all. It was very well done by the producers. And it was. It was very sad and hard to watch. We get a where are they now for Kathy and Kyle have reconciled and that allowed her to go to Whitney's wedding, not Whitney Wild Rose because it's not a <laughs> crossover episode for an ultimate girls trip. Uh, we have rumors. They show us rumors of the two of them being with other people. And it was interesting because I did just see, I guess it was on Watch What Happens Live that Kyle was just on in that black dress with the white boob top spaghetti strap number. But there was a little clip of her with Morgan. Morgan's Mm. got her hand around her waist and like Mm. rubbing her hip area, Mm. like the very 
you know, affectionate way that is like not a friend way. That is a very like significant other spot to put your hand. I had exactly a man, a man who was not significant oh. put their hand there once. And I was like, whoa, no. No. <laughs> so, and then a really great moment, um, which actually could have been a little bit of the play of the game is Kyle at the end of her ITM, she asks the crew, am I done? And she just puts her head in her hands and starts crying. Mm. Our poor little girl. That was rough. It was very rough. Everyone can say what they will about Kyle not sharing her life, because I think that's one of the big criticisms she's, criticism she's getting both from she's going to get it on the reunion from uh, the other house, from her fellow players, and she's getting it from a lot of other people. Like, why, why did she hide this for so long? Why didn't she talk about it? But here in this final episode... She reopened her home to cameras in the middle of a family crisis. Like this just right? blew up in her face. Right. And she let them film the entire thing. And it was raw and it was real. And this, this was my play of play the game. Of the game. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's hardcore. That's hardcore. Yeah. That's tough. That's, that's, it, does, uh, it takes a strong person to be able to do that. And before we get into the reunion previews, I want to revisit this question. Like, what do we prefer in our finale? Do we want the drama of Salt Lake City where, you know, previously <laughs> I have said that the stakes in Beverly Hills don't feel as high as the stakes in Salt Lake City. And I res like I feel like that's flip flopped. Mm. I feel personally the stakes here are too real mm. and that's why, and, and too identifiable, you know, like we're not all getting trolled on accounts on Instagram. So that's not as identifiable for me right? Totally. <laughs> of a drama that does seem a little bit more like that's a, a housewife issue, not a me issue, but this is like a really, you know, like we all have friends and people and humans that we know who go through similar similar problems like this. And right. so it's really like it really it's so real that it's almost like I I would have a hard time trying to capitalize on it in an entertainment way. I, mm. I mean, I would say this is what I like about housewives was when they let us into their real life and we live their ups and downs with them. Sometimes it feels like, wow, should I be here in this moment? Should I be in this room with you? And, you know, there's a moral question there. But that is really what draws me in. And that's what I love. Um, what I do feel that was not done as well in Beverly Hills as was in Salt Lake City was the fact that we all knew what was going to happen in Beverly yeah. Hills all season. And we were just kind of like waiting for it. And that was kind of frustrating in some ways. Whereas with Salt Lake City, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And that was huge. Yeah. And so it was like the true. big surprise ending was was really something that we've and and the way that it was sort of like meta, you know, and it was like someone like break come breaking onto the show in a way that's never happened before was like kind sure, of sure. groundbreaking. And so um yeah, just two different things. But oh, well, I don't like all of this pain. <laughs> be very sad well grab a tissue and then right. uh, get ready for some drama because let's get ready it sounds like it's gonna happen at the reunion I'm, I'm looking forward to this there's gonna be some throwing down yeah for such a bland not bland but you know for a season where really there wasn't a lot of action it yeah. seems like the reunion is gonna have a lot 
It seems like it. Hopefully <laughs> they don't hopefully they don't divide it into like five episodes or something. I did notice there was a I can't remember what season. I don't think it was last season, but the season before on Beverly Hills, they had a four part reunion. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> so like, please, we don't need that much. Not that much. Oh, edit. Learn to edit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we see that Delac tells Kyle that Erica wants him to eviscerate her today. So we talked about that before. That's an interesting switch from at the end here, her playing STCO to Kyle. We we're wondering what that's about. I was wondering if it's just as innocent as like, well, you eviscerated me after my drama so is that what you're going to do to kyle and it would like and now d like twisting it to make it sound like erica uh, well it's I funny because i heard that differently i didn't i heard it as if erica said she wants to eviscerate you today so that um yeah he said he says erica wants him to eviscerate her today but he might be twisting her words is what i'm saying yeah yeah, well, and I was just listening to an episode of Conan Needs a Friend where there was a lot of this telephone game going on and text messages and <laughs> communications. So I buy it. I buy it. I want to see so that I want to see those text messages too. Or maybe things have flipped and maybe, you know, Kyle and Erica are not in a good place right now. I don't know. Dorit says that Kyle sent her a text the day before the reunion, basically trying to silence her. I want to see that text message too. I hope Dorit's brings right? receipts. Yeah. On set, we see that Kyle is holding a crystal. And Erica says she's holding a Xanax because no crystal will fix her problem. And then they, <laughs> they cut over to crystal. Um, and then we get to see their reunion, their reunion seating arrangement. So we get spoiled here about who is in the hot seat, which is really important for our reunion seating score that I have gone through over the past week. Because in case you didn't notice in the last episode, neither Mandy or I realized that it was the reunion already this week. No, we were a little flat footed on that one. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've got weeks to put together the reunion seating scores. And then it was like an hour or two after we recorded, I saw a preview that was said it was the reunion. I was like, oh, no, I have to put together... 12 seasons of reunion seating scores. Yeah. So Sandra did the Lord's work. That is, that <laughs> is like a, a huge undertaking to go through all the finales or sorry, all the reunions and yes, assess what our, our seating score should be. Yes. Yeah, so we'll go through those next time, but just kind of, we get a little preview here that Kyle and Sutton are in the hot seat. It's Sutton's first hot seat. This is her third season as a full housewife but she did have a friend of season before that um but it's her first one in the hot seat and so you do get a very large bonus for being in the hot seat to your uh reunion seating score so that's a big yes. deal dorit is going to ask what do you guys think other than my boobs is fake and then dlac is giving her a funny look and she says don't you dare so i don't know what <laughs> that is that that face play has already been all over Instagram too <laughs> on DLAC. I think RH on RH had some funny memes, like like four of them in a row with that same face. Uh, so. DLAC asks if there are specific things that Kyle is not answering for. Sutton goes after Kyle for not sharing what was going on in her life and says, and you've been mean to me. And she uses the Denise Richards defense of watch the show when Kyle asks for more details. Anna Marie and Crystal are going to go at it. Dorit and Garcelle are going to talk about how Dorit said Garcelle attacked her. Um, and it seems like, at least from the way they edited this, Dorit is going to go backwards from the progress they made in Spain. I was a little, I'm like, oh no, Dorit, don't do it. Um, don't do I, it, Dorit. I had a moment, I was like, maybe that's why Kyle has been distancing herself from Dorit. 
Yeah, right. Nobody wants to be friends with someone in a racism scandal. That is not the hand to hold, it seems like. But I mean, Doreen, I I don't, it, to me, it came across is more about Dorit saying, look at me, look at me. I had something awful happen to me. Yes, there was that, but I felt like there was more. I guess we'll just have to see. I guess we'll just have to see. I guess we'll just have to see. DLAC is going to bring up rumors of infidelity in Kyle's marriage, and he straight up asks Kyle if she could see herself with Morgan. And then Kathy Hilton comes to the stage, and after she's seated, Sutton has an IFI in the hot seat, and a paramedic arrives. That's going to be some drama. I wonder what's happening with her. I don't know if we've ever had an IFI, a hot seat IFI before. That might be a first. A lot of pressure. So after all that, Mandy, do you have an MVP for us from this episode? Uh, Sandra, I do have an MVP for us. <laughs> and I I bet, I would bet we have the same MVPs for this okay, episode, but we'll see. find out. Because I was between two, so you might have my other one. Or maybe we chose the same one. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I would say for... Attempting to tap into that marital nostalgia by throwing a white party, which was almost my play of the game. For her great Stevie Nicks style dress, which you did not like. For her stilted conversations with Mauricio at the white party. For her big reveals to Erica about her marriage, complete with lots of IFI. And her concern for letting down her fans. For holding her daughter as she cried Hmm. and for being brutally honest in front of the cameras, Kyle is my MVP. I feel, I just feel like so subdued this whole episode that we're recording because (laughs) of all of this. I'm very sorry. We can't be our usual peppy cells, Bleacher Nation, but it's just hard. It's hard. It was a heavy, it was a heavy episode. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, she, she brought it after a season of being criticized for people for not opening up about it. She brought it this episode. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I went in a different direction la, la, la. for her tracksuit with yellow pumps, fashion play of the game for her emotional team prayer circle for her. Um, also emotional. It's expensive to be me performance comeback that also earns her the white party TFP award. And finally for her strong STCO play to Kyle, including a two point apology, Erica was my MVP. Very nice. I sort of, I I couldn't decide which was play of the week and which one was MVP. The two of them were definitely the runners for both of those. Yeah. What was your play of the game again? Uh, Her apology and STCO work, Erica Jane. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was, yeah, I definitely had, I was between, I was like, one of them's going to get, play the game. One of them's going to get MVP, but I was having a hard time choosing. Yeah. They both did great work. They did. They did. This was definitely theirs, theirs to lose. (laughs) Yeah. And even though Kyle had like, obviously the episode was mostly about her because of this breaking news, even though we had that, like Erica still manages to get this like end of her story in there. That's pretty emotional. And so I don't know. I thought that was, I thought it was great. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think that that basically that is where the focus of this episode was, was white party, white party, Erica, Kyle. Well, the, we conclude the season um, or, you know, we're not really concluded yet because we have to do the reunion episodes, but at the finale episode, we have an EWIB of five. 
An E-Web of five. That's great. We're doing, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. They're doing okay. And I doubt they're going to make it through a reunion, but you mm. know. <laughs> Can we keep the word bitch at bay in the reunion? Yeah. So, and as I said, I've been working on tallying up the uh, reunion seating scores. So I'll give a breakdown next episode of what the reunion seating scores are coming into this season. And then we'll wait all the way to the end of the last reunion show to give the final RSS scores for this season. I also will give some like historical numbers. as like players who are no longer around and what their RSS looked like going out of the game. What are their average RSS compared to the current players? And we can compare them to the Salt Lake City RSS scores that we have now too. I like it. But we um, also were not up on the recording schedule for or the airing schedule for the shows we thought we were about to go after this after this season we thought we were going to go into some dark times where we yeah. weren't going to have any seasons airing. any live <laughs> we were wrong i found out that uh new jersey will be airing starting in april so we are going to go into that and we get to start from episode one so it'll be our first very exciting it'll be our first season where we get to start fresh from episode one and cover the entire season so that will be very exciting yep we get spring break and then come right back that's it we're back in it Mm -hmm. in it to win it you can follow us at real housewives of bend oregon on instagram subscribe to the podcast please review us on apple Podcasts. that's a big help And we'll see you next week for the reunion. All right, everyone. Hold your loved ones close. Mm. Find some shoulders to cry on. See you. Mm.